1936, America needed to laugh. An unlikely duo emerged from the seedy burlesque nightclubs of Brooklyn to become the most popular and highest paid comedy team in the world. We got a contract to do our show every week. Are you serious? This is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But life behind the curtain was filled with pain and heartache. It was an imperfect friendship that would last a lifetime. And it was a team that would change the world of comedy forever. Legendary Entertainment Alliance presents Buddy Hackett and Harvey Corman as the infamous Abbott and Costello in Bud and Lou, the true story of two beloved comics and their historic rise to fame and the price they paid for the legends they became. Who's on first? Hello, everybody. It's TV Movie Night. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening to TV Movie Night, which I said previously. You said that earlier. I, you know. So sometimes you forget. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a compliment sandwich, Mark. you got to start with... You know, a positive, and then a negative, and then a positive. So, well, our TV movie night, and then I said my name. That's mm-hmm. the negative. And then I said TV movie night again. <laughs> yeah. So we got all our bases covered. Also, Mar- we did the numbers, mm-hmm. and apparently some people will press play on their on their phone app while also listening to directions. Oh. So we want to make sure that every time you make a left turn or a right turn, you don't miss something. So throughout the episode, we will we, be we just repeat repeating what we just said over and over again. As we guess that you're going to... The bank? Salt Lake City? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the, the numbers came back. Most people listen to us to or from Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. City. Yeah. That stretch of highway. Just That's, that, that's what that's they call the, the TV movie night corridor. <laughs> yeah. That's where everybody's listening. So they got the they got the grapevine. We got the TV movie night corridor. Yeah. It's gonna be slow and go. Watch for brake <laughs> so lights. Nice. Mattress and lanes. And uh, people pulling their hair out of their head as Andrew and I <laughs> try to talk about a TV show. <laughs> Mark, how are you? Andrew, I'm great. You look refreshed and rested. I Mark. am. Why are you refreshed and rested? Because I've returned from Hawaii. Hawaii, as the we kingdom call it. of Hawaii. Uh, Andrew, uh, yes. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, did you know that mahalo means thank you and goodbye? Wow. Doesn't it also mean hello? No. No, just thank you and goodbye. Yep. So what does aloha mean? Oh. Well, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. They kept saying it. Uh, they kept saying it to me. It might. It they might, kept shouting at me. It might mean asshole, but probably. My, it, my it, cab driver was like, "Oh no, that's a good thing. That means they <laughs> like you." Said they said you're a real mahalo. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. If they just if they just sort of like you, they put a garland of flowers around your neck if they really love you they throw garbage at you yeah <laughs> it's a sign of respect and i was like oh i'm a king <laughs> just walking down well, the street to you too just, sir just whipping cans of, of full cans of coca-cola at yeah. you just the frozen full cans yeah. you're like it's not trash you they want me to them. live here <laughs> how was hawaii for you it was delightful how, why was it delightful Mark? andrew if you're into the whole tropical paradise nope, thing not really then this is the place for you mm. the water was clear the water was calm did you see lilo or stitch no i saw other character what's the like fatter blue one 
What? In Lilo and Stitch? There's like a bad guy. Yeah. He's like a fatter one. Yeah. Stitcher. Sti- yeah. Yeah, I saw, saw Stitcher. Stitcher. <laughs> you could stream the show on him. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I didn't see any uh, Disney licensed characters or properties, mm-hmm. which was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. I hung out on the beach. I read a bunch. Went into the water a little bit. It was like, that's cool. <laughs> and then I went to my room and fell asleep. That's right. It was three in the afternoon. It was you everything drew, I wanted. Drew the blinds. Yep. You're like, all right, well, going to leave in four days. Paid a lot of money to come here. <laughs> Time to sleep in a hotel room. Uh, did you see the sights? Did you enjoy the local cuisine? We did, did enjoy poke we, bowl. We did enjoy the local cuisine. Okay. The first night I got there, mm-hmm. we went to... Uh, our hotel mm-hmm. dropped off our bags. I said, "Boy, am I hungry!" And then I said, "I whipped out my phone and I was like, what are the highest rated local eats?'" Mm-hmm. Number one on the list, Cheesecake Factory. Hell yeah! It was about hell yeah fifty feet from where I was, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll go check it out." And then I walked over, line out the door. Of course there is. Line there's out the door al- to the Cheesecake there's Factory. There's always a line. I was like, the this, Cheesecake Factory. This is bullshit. And then I looked across the street, no wait, at the California Pizza Kitchen. Hell yes. Went there. Had, a, yes. had a delightful, delicious dinner. Did you get the, the Baja chicken one? No. That's I the got, one I like. I got a mushroom pizza. Oh, you wasted and it. And then- You're the, supposed to enjoy the local flair. And then the next day, I was talking to one of the people that I was there with, and they were like, oh yeah, we went to this really expensive place called Ray's or Rouse, Ray's or something. It was probably Ray's. Yeah. Original Rays. Original Rays. We no, went to not an ori- to be confused with yeah. Rays Original. No, no. We went to Original Rays. It was really good. And they were talking about the local cuisine Isn't there. Isn't that a chain, Rays? Uh, I don't know. Isn't there one in like, there's one in like Vegas and there's one in New York? Probably. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. All right. But they were telling me about it and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Did they have a mushroom pizza? And they're like, no. And I was like, well. <laughs> Check me. Yeah. Guess who won? Yeah. Guess who won last night? Guess what I paid for that mushroom pizza? Nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. What did you pay? Uh, slightly more for good food. Mm, Interesting. In- curious, yeah. if you will. Strange how that works out. That sounds. That sounds fun. Have you ever been to Hawaii? No. Not before. No. No. no it was wonderful. State. I loved it. It was a great time. Uh huh. Did you only stay in the? Did you only go to the tourist areas? Did you go to the local to get you know enjoy the local side of uh, so Hawaii? My girlfriend was like, oh, I read that downtown Chinatown, Hawaii, is the happening spot. Mm -hmm. And so we get a lift, and as soon as the driver sees, he, like, looks at us, and he's like, so whose idea was this? (laughs) And you slowly... And then I said said it was her idea, because it was, and Mm -hmm. he said, so, all right, you're you're the wild one, huh? You're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not what you want to hear from somebody when you're in a new state and they're like, you you really want to go here? You're going there, huh? This is what's happening, huh? He's and like, then, if you want drugs, I can get I, <laughs> yeah, closer places. easier ways the to get The Cheesecake Factory has plenty of drugs. So they drive us there and it's horrifying. It's like Crime Alley from Batman. Like, <laughs> Did you go see the Lone Ranger? What, what movie does he see? Zorro. Zorro. Yes, he sees Zorro yeah. before... No, it was are brutally murdered. It was terrifying, uh-huh. and I turned around to be like, maybe we should leave, and just psh, 
cart just disappears into the horizon. The guy's like, well, they're dead. It wasn't necessarily that it drove away. It's just every part was just oh, yeah, immediately was ripped, just apart. ripped off the car. So after like 14 minutes of being there, the people that we were with were like, so we're leaving. Uh, <laughs> this was a terrible mistake. I don't know why We've you gone to outside this. our social bubble. The Cheesecake Factory looked like yeah, a wonderful looked option. Looked delicious. Why did she want to go to Chinatown, downtown Chinatown? She had read about it. She had read about it on her, one, of her, one, one, of her, her like, one of her crime blogs. Pre- my, I, yeah, my well, I should have asked. I should have asked. I was like, was, I heard about it on my favorite podcast. Was this, did you look this up on Guilt or your <laughs> prison pen pals uh, website? They're like, oh, yeah, best place to score. She's like, I got a lot of friends down there. What was supposed to be down there that was cool? Like cool bars and restaurants, but like, <laughs> yeah, they got a cool bar. They got these games where you like take a knife and you have to like go between your fingers. Yeah, it's that's 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 fun. You know, it's 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 only two bucks a go, so that's pretty cool, right? But uh, you can't use your own knife. You have to use you have theirs. To use, you have to use theirs. That's where they get you. It's covered in blood. <laughs> There's a rental fee. There's a down payment on the knife. Yeah, you have to put fifty bucks towards the knife. The people walking away with the knife a lot. Yeah, and also people. Walking away with the knife inside in the, in of their, their gut. More of a run, kind of a trot. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, so. uh, did you go to anywhere else? Did you go uh, Did you go to Pearl Harbor? I did not go to Pearl Harbor. Okay. There was, some people did go to Pearl Harbor. I said, I'm going to read on the beach mm-hmm. because I don't want to exert any energy. Yeah. That is not you don't the purpose learn, of this trip. You don't want to learn about our nation's history and and. The sacrifice that some people have Andrew, gave in order to Andrew, build the I've, empire that we have I've been, today. I've been saying for years, Pearl Harbor was an inside job. Oh, no. You that can't for say that. No, that. that cut, cut that. Remind me to cut that. There was a free shuttle that went to Diamond Head. Yeah. The Big Mountain. Big Mountain. Yeah, big taste, big thirst. Big taste, big, big thirst. You're a big man big who needs man. a big mountain. So there was a free trolley from our hotel. Was it the Jolly Trolley? It's very similar. <laughs> did so you I have to pretend that you went to the hotel. Well, we did go to the hotel. We had to show them <laughs> sure our card. You did. Sure, sure, you buddy. did. So we took that, and everybody I was with was the people I was with were like, "Oh, it's too bad we don't have time to hike up that mountain." And I was like, "Yeah, that's a real. That's shame. a real shame." I was like, "I saw it." Looks cool. <laughs> Love it. Let's go back and drink by the pool. What if, did you just get on the trolley and then you went to the drop-off point and the driver was yes. like, all right, we're here. And you're like, I know. Cool. And then you go immediately back to the hotel. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a little <laughs> bit like if you, if you were on a ski lift and you saw the top of the mountain, you're like, nice. No. Let's take me yeah. back to the, uh, <laughs> let's take me back down. You as the driver, you're like, what do you think California Pizza Kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What what are, right, it's two thirty. You think I could get in at, uh, <laughs> at, at cheesecake, cheesecake factory? factory? Do I I need... like, oh no, oh no, no. no yeah. You need a reservation. He's like, if you want to eat at six, yeah, you can get in now. <laughs> <laughs> like a son of a bitch. Yeah. And you knew it too when you I looked know. on Yelp. Why did you're I like, ask? I, well, I should have done. Why, did why I didn't ask? I do reservations a week ago? Right. Well, Mark, uh, thanks for inviting me. By the way, to uh, Hawaii, I really you don't appreciate have to be invited it. by me to oh. stay in our hotel room. <laughs> You know, I would have liked to have gone. Our listeners would have liked to have heard us talk about Hawaii together. Oh, we this. uh, Yeah, it would have been great to do a remote episode from the airplane. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I really liked his performance. Uh, Bing. Oh, yeah, I I know it is noisy up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's you, jackass. Like, uh, you guys want to. 
You guys want to? You guys want to check out? Well, this, if this you guys scene. had watched Bud and Lou, you could be talking about it too. We, we're, we're watching the hunt for the BTK killer up here. All right. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun, but no, you gotta just jet set by yourself. Meanwhile, I gotta hold down the TV movie night <laughs> fort over <laughs> here. There was a ho- I was surprised there wasn't a hostile takeover while I was out. I was like, I'm going to lose those shares. I already know. Yeah. Well, Mark, this is TV movie night, as, as we were saying. I'm glad you enjoyed your vacation. Now it's time to get to work. Yes. And that's the work of watching TV movies. I'm just, I was po- not pointing at the pointing candle, at candle for you to read. I was pointing. <laughs> okay. you know, I was like, it's like we're here. Em- emphatic. We're, this, it's now time to get to work. It's now the time listeners for can see what I'm doing. Wolf and lamb candle is yeah. what time it is. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a scented soy candle crafted in the USA, Mark. It's from Marshall. In the USA. Time to get to work. Mark, Television Movie Night is a podcast where you and I watch one made-for-TV movie and talk about it at length this month. At great length. In the month of March, the month of, we just had Fat Tuesday, mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday. Yes. Holy Thursday. Good Friday. Holy Thursday. S- Saturday's night's all right, all right for fighting. Sure, I remember Sunday, that. Sunday, bloody Sunday. and Someone's got a case of the Mondays. Monday, Garfield doesn't like Mondays. No. <laughs> We're talking about made-for-TV movies that are about people, Mark. Yes, about that real weird introduction didn't sell to you already. People. <laughs> we're talking people about People live those, all biopics. those days. All those days. We were inspired by the success of Green Book. Yes. By the success of Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. You know, that, 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 that Academy Award winning film that won for best editing, Mark. Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Bo-rap. Yeah, as, as we call it in the as business. As those in the know call it. This week, we are watching a biopic entitled Bud and Lou. Bud and Lou. Bud and Lou. Bud and Lou. It's about Bud a and great Lou. comedy duo. Um, Bud and Gilbert Lou. and Sullivan, I want to say. Gilbert Is and Godfrey? Bud, Gil- Gilbert, and Lou Sullivan. Sure. <laughs> Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello, Mark. Some people call us the current day Abbott and Costello. Have you heard that before? Uh, yes, in that one of us is drunk mm-hmm. and one of us the is other a one big is loud fat and angry. Piece of shit. <laughs> I'll let you guess who's who. Guess who's who? Yeah. Mark, we're going to talk about it at length in a segment I like to call "Well, What Do You Know." Mark, what do you know about Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, otherwise known as? Abbott and Costello, a.k.a. <laughs> Gilbert and, and Sullivan. A.k.a. Uh, Hardcastle and McCormick. And McCormick, yeah. They're gonna, sure. They're always breaking up those car thieves. Abbott and Costello was a mainstay of my young adult, my young life, my childhood, uh-huh. because we had a VHS copy of their production of Who's On First. Right. On the like on top of the vcr from the moment i was born mm-hmm. probably to this very day yeah you open slammed it in the vcr you did the moves alongside right. abbott and costello i would rehearse it so that they were g-rated comedy for a kid that you could laugh at because their whole thing was about like I don't know if it's charming wordplay, but like puns, punny, yeah, punny puns. stuff. Just nothing Kids but, can get it. Nothing but puns, you know. Oh, see, it's the name of the player, Mark. It's right. not. It's not. It's not a question. Yes, and this other guy gets madder and madder and madder, and the straight man just stays calm and doesn't seem to let anything phase him. Right. So 
I know about that. Mm-hmm. I know that they were in a series of Universal films. Yes. Most importantly, starring mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. And, Karloff was and in a couple Boris of them. Karloff, yeah. And Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. It was, it was one, always of the, one of the last gasps of the, uh, the, the, the monster, monster pictures. Yeah. Yes. Abbott and Costello Meet the Wolfman yeah. is a very important film mm-hmm. and one that we're going to talk about <laughs> at length right now. Right now. Iris Inn. Yeah. A mountaintop. Yeah. it's uh, There's the Wolfman. Frankenstein, I think, is the one you're he, thinking of. No, they were in both. They were in a lot. They, they were, were in, in a lot of them. Yes. I'm thinking about the Abbott first and Costello one meet the wolf. Was Frankenstein though? Sure, that's fine. All right, whatever, Mark. <laughs> that, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what? Whatever. <laughs> I know that this movie came out in 1978. Mm-hmm. That's one year after Star Wars. Star Wars. That's after. Did it come out in 77? Star Wars came out in May 77. 70. Oh, okay, I thought it came out in 76. No. 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 Okay. Were, was there a hunger in America for biopics about old vaudeville stars in the, 19, in the late 1970s? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that there was because this is probably, based on my understanding of math, this is around the time that you would start publishing books about these guys. Yeah. Right? Because the parents are getting older. People that grew up with this stuff are older now. You're trying to reintroduce it to kids. Lou Costello was, or Bud Abbott was probably still alive and or had just died by this okay. point, I, I think, if I remember right. Right. Um, if because they were probably with... in the news. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the nuts and bolts here of Bud and Lou. Mark, Bud and Lou, uh, again, as you pointed out, came out on, uh, November 15th, 1978. Yes. November 15th, 1978 on NBC, Mark. The name of quality. National Broadcast Channel? Company. Company? Uh, This starred Harvey Korman. Yes. Who you know from? Carol Burnett Show. Okay. Anything else? Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, of course. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> Just got to do everything around it's here. A good thing I came to that meeting today. Uh, <laughs> we, I came to the pre-show meeting this time, so I know Harvey some of these Corman answers. plays Bud Abbott and uh, Buddy Hackett, famous actor slash comedian. Yes, mostly a comedian. Mad Mad World. Yes, uh, the Music Man. The Music Man. Uh, yes, he had a very filthy stand-up act. If you remember correctly, <laughs> okay. a lot of people don't. A lot of people what, don't remember this. What was? But can, like, can you give me a buddy hack? I can't give you a buddy hack. Give me just one. Just a I, taste. I don't. I don't have a buddy hack. But like, I think people forget. Uh, in the, they're like, oh, it's a comedian in the fifties and sixties. Oh, it, had to have been clean, but right? But like, you look back and you're like, oh my god, like red, like guys like Red Fox, yes. and Buddy Hackett, and. Just it, it, Don they, Rickles. They would just tell. It would be these guys that would show up at the Friars Club yeah. and just tell the filthiest fucking jokes, right? And we're kind of pricks about it too. If I remember, I, I I'm pretty sure Buddy Hackett is considered a huge fucking dickhead when it came to like entertainment stories about him. He invented the concept on stage of the Blumpkin, correct? <laughs> yes, we all know that classic. <laughs> That cla- classic Buddy Hackett th- bit. What could be the dirtiest thing that Buddy Hackett would come <laughs> on to stage with? This also starred Michelle Lee. And who was from Knott's Landing? Yes, she was. And uh, Artie Johnson, who is a uh, 
uh, kind of a comedian that showed up in a bunch of stuff. He was in a lot of episodes of Martin and Rowan's Laugh-In. Andrew, that's how people describe us. Yeah, they're kind, kind of, of a comedian. They're kind of funny. They show up in a lot of stuff. They're I don't there know a lot. why. I'm not sure who wants them around, but they're there. This was written by George Lefferts, who uh, won in, he won multiple Emmys before this. He's an Emmy Award-winning writer for movies such as The Lives of Ben Franklin. Oh, wow. Teacher, Teacher. That sounds good. And the Purex specials for women. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and this was based on a book by a man named Bob Thomas, okay. who has written a bunch of these Bob Tom. Entertainment type bio books. It's, yeah, it's Joan Collins' story and tales from Mommy Dearest. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And then this was directed by Robert C. Thompson, uh, who had directed episodes of Greatest American Hero, Magnum P.I. That's well, what this team was called, the Tommy Boys? Yeah, they called them, them Tommy and Tommy. Yeah. Robert C. Thompson, uh, this was actually, according to IMDb, his first directing credit. Oh, wow. So Right out the gate with out Buddy big, Hackett. Big names. Big oh, names. Lady from Knott's Landing? Uh, Bud and Lou, obviously, Abbott and Costello, you've hit on most of the high spots. Started in vaudeville. Yeah. Famous comedy team. Started doing stuff on the radio. Mm-hmm. Started doing movies. Mm-hmm meteoric rise to success right yes during or before during and after the war yes yeah in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and then not so much after the 50s right so andrew when you hear a tv biopic about abbott and costello do you assume okay that should be interesting yes we're covering a large period of time it's a we're going from various formats of entertainment of media yeah and from it's, it's the stage an interesting to story radio it's, to television they're to movies solid performers they influenced a lot of people i think seinfeld is in, incredibly influenced by abbott and costello yeah jerry seinfeld himself is a huge abbott and costello fan here are these two performers that you should get in cr- a lot of grist for the mill right let's see how much bread we made <laughs> That's how that saying goes. You know, I just made that up. <laughs> We're going to dive right in. Act one, Mark. It's a sexy lady dancing. Oh, yeah. The we're, sexiest. We're in the we're in the heart of the 1930s yes. here in New York on in the burlesque circuit. You know, sexy ladies dancing, very seedy kind of underbelly of, of theater. You yeah. know, we get we bring strippers out. Onto the stage, and then, then after, comedians, then comedians, then and, a clown falls down, and then Buster Keaton gets punched by his dad. Yes, you that's know, what you're hysterical. Pa- two you cents, can, two cents you, a seat. You get all you, of that. You fill up. It's in the, the. It's a packed house, and we know it's the 1930s because there's a newsie outside that is shouting, "Extra, extra!" Read all about it. FDR signs New Deal. You know, so think about it. Yeah, it's the 30s. All right. Andrew, I missed this convention in filmmaking. I wish we still had it. I wish that, like, it's my desk. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hoping that Captain, Captain Marvel starts with extra, extra, OJ Simpson on the run. <laughs> they're like, okay, so yeah, it's Nick 93, Fury, I guess. Nick Fury snatches a, a, yeah, let a me newspaper. See that kid. Give me one of those and gives him a nickel. Inside the theater. We're introduced to Lou. Read Co- all about it. President gets a blowjob. <laughs> and then so, you're like, so it's 19. Wait, so it, it's 96. Wait, it, they didn't have an. Wait a minute. I didn't say it was by an extramarital affair. Okay, Perhaps he loves his wife. Give me more. 
They have a lovely and healthy <laughs> sexual <laughs> relationship. Lou Costello. Right. Buddy yes. Hackett is side stage, and he is with his partner. They're both dressed Some up dude. like big clowns. Now, in order to prepare for this episode, Mark, I also watched an episode of A&E's biography. Andrew did a two-screen experience. That's he, right. He I, was <laughs> casting the movie to his TV, and then on his phone, he was watching a biography. I was fact-checking at the same time. Lou Costello's start apparently involved. <laughs> so in the movie, yes. he shows up with a with a partner, and they're doing a routine, and it's not going very well. Yeah. They're dressed like big clowns. It's a lot of like burlesque punnery that we had talked about, these classic bits that just like every burlesque performer knew. Right. So they, they could just plug them in to be like, ah, we're going to do that. Let's do the, the, the Chattanooga two-step, you yeah. know, what, whatever it is. Uh, apparently, uh, Lou Costello's big first appearance on stage that he got success from was making fun of like Dutch immigrants. <laughs> So he would put on this accent, okay, and and like be like he was slow and didn't understand and got angry easily, right? Like the Dutch. He took those character, he took those characteristics and kind of made that into a stage per- persona. But it started with you know that easy layup of making fun <laughs> of Dutch immigrants. Let's see here, what do we got? Uh, you guys seen any of these Dutchmen? I mean, huh? yeah. Woo! Well, let me tell you, they are so fucking dumb. Side stage, Bud Abbott is there. Harvey Corman just, just head, watching like, his head, just what like, "Is this? I don't, I don't know many or very many Dutch people, but yeah. this doesn't seem right. We we can't laugh this at this. Doesn't seem like humor to me." He watches Lou and Lou's wife Anne comes along. And they both talk about the performance. Bud thinks Lou is great. Yes. He's like. This guy's got it. He's a funny man. He's a big man with a big thirst and a big laugh. Yeah. He's going to make a lot of, a lot of big laughs. Big money. Big money from this big man. He needs a big island. That's right. what he needs. But he needs a better straight man. Right. Because it seems like if they're both clowns... It doesn't you, work. You can't have two dumb Dutchmen. This it's, is the first it, rule of yeah, entertainment. We, <laughs> if the guns... It's a rule of threes. The yes, guns in the first act... <laughs> It's going to make fun of a Dutchman in the second act. Yes, everybody knows this. He's up there with two Dutch, two dumb Dutchmen. Who wants that? No, but he's going to... You can't follow what... You need someone to be like, man, you Dutch. You, you, you dumb Dutch. Dumb clog-wearing assholes. Get fucked, you piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah! These guys are good. <laughs> Stripper comes out. They're booing her. No! Yeah, get her out of the Dutchman! Bring him back! I want to jeer him some more. Lou comes uh, side stage and realizes that he did a pretty shitty job, but he talks to Bud and his wife, and he tells Bud, "I we get the we get the impression that we get the impression that Abbott 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 has had sex with Lou's wife. The way that they very casual acknowledgement of each other." Makes it seem like Bud has been sleeping with Lou's wife right. from the from the first scene of this Which, movie. Uh, Andrew, I I can't say this enough. If I'm in a movie mm-hmm. or I'm writing a thing and I want to get convey that two people have had sex in the past and are not anymore, 
I don't convey it with them being very friendly to each other. Being like, <laughs> hey, they so be good very, to see very you. cold. Cold and, just... and angry, and then one of them points at the other one's dick and just laughs. <laughs> That's what happens. No, you you have a, a very long, intense, like seven-minute scene where one character describes in great detail the genitalia yeah, of the other character. Of the other person. <laughs> You know, this is what people do, right? (laughs) Bud suggests, hey, I'd love to take you to dinner and talk about perhaps getting a better straight man. And Lou says, fine, but I'm the funny one and you're going to (laughs) pay. This this striking, scintillating wit is going to drive the rest of this movie. So they go to dinner. They go to dinner. And uh, Bud pitches himself as the straight man that could make this act great. He says, you're great. You're a big man with a big thirst and a big humor. A big, big I'm a Reuben tall, sandwich I'm a in tall front of man. I could make a tall humor. Yeah. I need a tall island. Lou uh, has a chip on his shoulder already, though. This is the thing that we get from this movie. And again, this is only like seven minutes in. But whoever was writing this movie based on this book... They're like, man, Lou was a real fucking asshole. That guy was a real piece of shit. He had a chip on his shoulder the whole time and didn't want anyone putting him down. Yes. He says, you're a little guy or a little fat guy? And he, he says, don't ever like, Don't you ever call. Yes. And you're like, oh. Andrew. Like, my the- mother called me a short once. <laughs> once. once. Andrew, if this was a Lifetime movie, this would be the line that he says 10 minutes in so that we know that she's dating a crazy person yeah yeah <laughs> you put the dishes back in the sink mm-hmm. and then we go to commercial and you're like oh he's bad <laughs> he's that's a bad that's a bad man he's gonna kill her bud pitches the idea uh so lou says okay well well i'll try anything i guess bud pitches the idea of going 60 40 on the payment split which apparently was a thing in in vaudeville times that that's the straight, straight man, man got paid more and got billed first because they thought he was the more important person. That guy carried the act on his shoulders while the the the, the comedy relief could Just be interchangeable. Did whatever he wanted. Because the thing that you want everyone can be silly, but you have to be someone who's stalwart in the face of that. That's the guy you want. He'll carry the load. I never I've seen a lot of Martin and Lewis movies. I have not seen more than one Jerry Lewis movie. Nutty Professor. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen like My Friend Irma mm-hmm. and a bunch of those other ones because I do like the straight man. The straight man needs to be there. They can't, yeah. be, can't both be dumb Well, Dutchman. now, hold on a second because the straight man gives us uh, Flint Rockhook or whatever that those like James Bond spy oh movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love this movie. Frank. Look, Frank, I'm look a, at I'm all a, these dames. I'm a, I'm a spy. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. So Frank. Much. Frank, I'm, I'm so mad we didn't, we didn't see get it, to see it. <laughs> but I am glad that we saw the trailer. <laughs> we were at the New Bev uh, like a year or two ago, and they were putting on a series. Of, uh, uh, Dean Martin was 1970s was, Dean Martin spy these films. Spy films, and the trailers looked insane. Where it's just him like breaking character the whole time. He's got like a like a fucking glass of scotch. Yeah, and he's it's at a, a piano. I and guess I'm a spy or something. I don't know. You know, nobody till somebody loves, loves you. Yeah. And you're going to love this picture, baby. <laughs> it and then, was. And then, like, smash cut. It's a bunch of scenes of him, like, firing a gun and yeah. falling out a window. <laughs> like, bad fight choreography. Like, <laughs> just does the biggest swing ever at a. And knocks out six henchmen with one punch. It looked back to him. It looked play, incredible. Him playing piano, surrounded by women in bikinis, and he's like, 
Yeah, I know you'd rather see the ladies in bikinis. I'd rather see that too. <laughs> Let's take a look. And then it's just close-ups of women in bikinis, and you're like, oh, Jesus. And they made Dean. multiple what ones. What is this? They made several of them. But so I don't, I don't see, I don't see uh, the the Jerry the Lewis. Jerry Lewis doing He's a spy. that. You're, you're right. Are you suggesting that Jerry Lewis was the straight man all along? <laughs> Think about it. The boys take the stage for the first time. They agree to this. They're going to go 50-50. Well, the wife says this needs to be like a it's, partnership. It's like a marriage. It's, it's like a, a marriage. It's 50-50 down the middle. Mm-hmm. So that's an important element to the story. They take the stage for the first time following a stripper. Costello makes fun of... He doesn't make fun of the Dutch. No, he makes fun of the stripper. Oh, and uh, he like calls her fat or something like that. Says that she gains 10 more pounds. They're going to tell her to put it back on. Uh do you get it? It's terrible. They do a routine on stage where uh, they're talking about racehorses, and Costello says that he's or Abbott says that he's got a mutter, a brand new mutter, and and boy, that that dummy, that now, dummy Lou thinks he's talking about his, his mother. mother. Now I thought that it was Brooklyn accents. Are you telling me that it's Dutch? I want it. It's immigrant I, accent I, makes him think mutter means means. I think mother. It's, it's it's a pun, obviously, because it's fodder and father. Yes, yes. But the the seeds of his character came from like being a dumb immigrant. Yes. They don't talk like us. So it's hilarious. It's it's a little bit like that. They speak their I, language I, I, and I, ours. This, I'm guessing that this routine, which the thing that people forget when it comes to Abbott Costello, especially when it comes to who's on first and this routine as well, is Nobody actually knows who wrote this stuff. That right. these were just these were just bits that were performed at all of these different theaters, and the performers would just hop in and just do it. You know, it's like it's like singing a a, a royalty free uh, song. You know, it's like the, the whoever wrote it's been lost to time, and it's just a song everyone knows. This yeah, is a no bit. One, no one knows who wrote the. National anthem. Yeah, no one knows. No, I mean, we'll it's, just, we'll it's never gone. Know. It's, it's, it's it's gone forever. It's like Beowulf. We'll yeah. never know. Uh, it's just been it's been passed down from generation to generation. To generation. <laughs> but it's it's some it's a bit that everyone knows. And Abbott and Costello didn't write these routines. They just performed them. But had such chemistry that they performed them well, and that's why they got so successful. That's really disappointing. I'm glad they don't show that. Of them not writing the of stuff? Of them not, yeah, of them just going up on... Because it would have been, they're at a show, they see somebody else do the mutter fodder, and then they're like, oh, we should do that one. And then they go up and do it. Like, we, can, we can do that a lot better. Yeah, because what I, I was... I wish that there had been a scene where they're at a racetrack, mm-hmm. and Lou is like... Oh, this next guy, he's a mutter. He's like, my mutter's in the next race. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, your mutter's in the next race. I didn't know she ran that fast. Yeah, and then they look at each other, and they, like, drop the racing form, <laughs> super slow motion, splashes and in the we, mud. And then we fade to, then, we fade to the, the thing falling, and then it's like, it, 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 it's a playbill. match cuts to, exactly, yeah, yeah, to yeah a playboy, exactly. A playbill at the, uh, at the stage, and they're doing the routine. Somebody People laughing so it. hard, they drop their, their program. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, okay. Huh? No, it but no, it didn't none work of that, that happened. No, this is all; these are all classic routines that just were performed it's, by hundreds of comedians across the country. I mean, it's like they're going up and describing a Garfield, right? Oh <laughs> or a my Ziggy god! That they saw. Think of that. That would be a great routine. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys see this the other day? Yeah, there's a cat sleeping on a table, right? right. And uh, 
dog comes up to him. Do- now, now the dog, you got to realize, real happy dog. Just a real very, excited. But nothing up here. Nothing up here. Big dumb, get, d- big dumb dog. Cat wakes up and uh, guess what? Now, this is crazy. I, you're not going to believe me, but it's absolutely a thousand percent true. Kicks him off the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> America, am I right? <laughs> Andrew, did you hear the... Uh, did you hear the conspiracy theory that Garfield did 9-11? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Garfield, yes. Absolutely. Apparently on September 10th, they ran a... <laughs> 2001, the cartoon was Garfield sleeping. Garfield taking piloting lessons at Gar- school in Miami. <laughs> Garfield sleeping, a phone rings. John picks it up and says, he did what? <laughs> Hangs up. <laughs> And then Garfield opens one eye, and then the phone rings again, and he says, "He did what?" And then Garfield says, "I've been a bi- I've been a busy boy." Oh, <laughs> I said, "Follow the money." That's all I ever follow say. the money back to Jim Davis. Yeah. At the end of this act, oh right, Costello and and it's going well. Yes, Abbott goes to Costello and whispers in his ear that he wants Lou to punch him. Now, I want this, you to punch me as hard as, as, you, as you can. can. It's the only way I can feel anything. <laughs> Costello, Costello's like, what? Costello doesn't want to do it. He's like, act, stick to the asshole. fucking script, you dickhead. And he's like, fucking punch me. So Lou punches Abbott. Now, and he falls down, and then the curtain closes, curtain closes, and Costello thinks he's really hurt Abbott. Andrew, what did you think was happening here? I thought that it was uh, going to be a routine. That uh, first of all, he punched him, and it's he's like, oh, and then the curtains close really fast, and Costello is gonna be like, you fucking asshole, stick to the script, and then he doesn't, he doesn't get up, right, and then he starts to freak out about it, and then I thought he was gonna open his eyes, and he's gonna like, say, gotcha. he opens his eyes, and goes sixty forty, yeah, I think that yeah. that would have been great. No, I was thinking this was the only way he could get erect. As if an audience is laughing and somebody punches him, he just needs that public humiliation. It's <laughs> yeah, the only way he can do it. He's like, "Oh, I've getting, I've been, I've been uh, absolutely embarrassed in public." Oh, oh boy, I feel terrible. <laughs> oh, everyone, no, don't laugh at me. Yeah. And then he says, "Oh, I'm such a bad boy." And then eyes lock, <laughs> drops, drops, a, like, drops, drops a, another racing yeah. form. <laughs> Uh, no, I had no idea what the hell was going on here. I had no idea he had, he was epileptic. No, after the, but I knew that, I knew that pratfalls in physical comedy weren't Abbott's thing. Yeah. So I was, I was really confused because I was like, he's not going to do a Buster Keaton backflip. Correct. Which is what I thought was going to happen. But then I had to, you know, I was thinking through what's going on in this thing. I had no idea. I was like, I, I don't know why he did that. So after this, Lou is, is beside himself. He's very upset. He said he didn't believe that he punched Bud that hard for that to have happened. Lou's wife, you know, because they've been intimate together, explains that <laughs> Bud is an epileptic. And that he probably had Lou punch him in order to hide it from the audience yes. so they could get off stage he faster. He knew a fit was coming on. Uh, Lou goes to talk to Bud, and he's pissed. He's like, why didn't you tell me you were an epileptic? We're, this is a marriage, remember? Yeah, we're he, partners. He keeps all these pencils in his pocket so he can put it in his mouth when he when he has his, his seizures. Um, this is shot in handheld and is, is Super very... Super dramatic. Just, just, just all over. We're all like, in oh, there. Yeah, the director, we're right in there. We're a third person right in this argument. know what it feels like. Uh, or... We broke the uh, tripod. We so we only get the shot. They only had one. They only had one wall of the two wall flat, (laughs) so they had to constantly keep moving it. 
Yeah, this is in a th- this is in a dressing room, which is a scene that we will see get, play get out ready again for dressing and room again shots. and again and again. The reason is that Lou or Bud says that he doesn't want to leave the act. He wants Lou to stay with him, but he lied because most of the time when he tells people that he's epileptic, they don't want to work with him anymore. Right. Lou says that's not the case. We're gonna be pals till the end. I like the I like <laughs> that I get to punch you whenever you just whenever I want. Right in the dick. Just bang. Oh, oh man. Next scene. Bud and Lou argue about the timing in their act. We see that Lou is is uh, he's he's being a jokester. He's 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 going too long in his act. Bud's trying to rein him in. He's like, "That's the job of a straight man. You got to keep the comic relief. It's got to be tight. It's got to be funny. It's it's got to be short, punchy, and funny. If you keep going on and off the rails like that, you're gonna lose the audience." Right. They're they're very have a very heated discussion about this. You and I have the same argument all the time, right? Where I'm just yelling at you all the time, and you're yelling at me because. You're like trying to do a bit at the restaurant. And yeah, I'm like, please don't. Please. About the puppy, about the puppy bites, and I'm like, you, you, you didn't, you didn't let me open up about the puppy bites, <laughs> the donut bites. And the, like, the, yeah, yeah, the pancake yeah, puppies, and and I'm like, don't. You, you don't even know what they're you're called. Even, you're, you're we're just, at a Denny's. You're embarrassing we're, we're all at of an, us. We're at an IHOP, and you're asking <laughs> for pancake puppies. They don't even serve those here. I thought this was important because to a layman, you're like, well, yeah. Why does he need? Why? Why do they need to be partners? One of them is obviously the funny one. Mm-hmm. So this obviously says, well, at this point in time, this is how comedy works. You need a guy who's setting things up so that the other guy can knock him down. If but the other guy I, knocks I, down all the pins by being hilarious and over the top at the beginning, then you got nothing. Well, I also feel like it's just showing that they take they take this very seriously. Sure. Because they also argue about keeping the act clean. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. Buddy Hackett wants to bring out his... He wants to bring out his... His classic 69 sh- joke. <laughs> you know, that classic one. He's yeah. like, uh... <laughs> hey, yeah, Matt! <laughs> so there what's, I, so there what's I going was, on? So there I was in the bedroom, and uh, I got my face muff deep into a lady, and she's got her jowls right on my balls, and I'm thinking I'm a bad boy. Bring the curtain down, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "It's gonna kill." <laughs> this is comedy. <laughs> this is all this funny is stuff. Lou also chastises Bud for drinking so much. Well, yeah. He's like, you're, you're hitting the booze again. So now we have the potential for drama. Yes. Because one of them's a drunk. One of them's a drunk. And one of them doesn't like that well, he's a he's drunk. He's a teetotaler. He doesn't like the fact that he's drinking all the time. He doesn't want it to affect the act. Right. He's very focused on the work. So Abbott says, I'm drinking because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And because they're getting successful, I immediately think, oh, he's scared of scared success. Scared of success. And he's like, I don't, I, I'm sabotaging I don't know if myself. I can handle it. Yeah. You're like, that's interesting. And then he says, I'm scared that I'm going to go into an epileptic fit. Drinking seems to help. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, a good idea, but sure. During this, uh, during the biography that aired alongside this in my viewing. Yes. Uh, they, they interviewed his kids and they said, yes, he did drink a lot. But they were like, uh, yeah, it was the olden days, and uh, I don't think they realized that you shouldn't be mixing epileptic yes. medication with alcohol at yes. the time. And I was sitting there on the couch going like, no, I'm pretty sure they knew that uh, you weren't supposed to be mixing alcohol with uh, these kinds of drugs. And I, I feel like that explanation just kind of, 
They're like he no, was. I, he, I he was think, an alcoholic. No, I think I think what happened was the doctor said you shouldn't mix this with alcohol, and he was like, "You got it." And so then he would take the pill, and then he would drink. And mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm not gonna make I'm a martini. Gonna, yeah, with I'm, it. Not gonna... <laughs> I'm not gonna stir my my scotch. No, that would be insane. That's, that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? One after the other. Yeah, he says that he uses it to numb the epilepsy. But so this this is good enough for Lou, who then pours him a drink and he then says, drinks up. Right, drinks him. up. All right, buddy. Let's ne- get messed up. Next, uh, we uh, see them before a show, and Artie Johnson shows up to act as Bud and Lou's manager, Eddie Sherman. He says, you guys you guys both have a big thirst, and you're big men, so you need a big manager, now me. The, yeah. Now, the boys are playing gin. cards. They're playing gin rummy. Yep. This is a ongoing thing. I'm the- going to assume that they were always playing cards. That's correct. Uh, which is an interesting little detail, I guess, mm-hmm. about like what you do to pass the time when you're on stage. Yes, and and the, it it traveled with them throughout their career that they'd always be playing cards, which then would get them into trouble when it came to gambling later. Yeah, he promises a bunch of shows on the radio, but says it's going to come at a pay cut. But he thinks they're great and they need to be nationally exposed. Bud doesn't want to give up the money that they're already making in the burlesque circuit well, for Bud, something as dumb as the radio. Yeah, Bud doesn't like it until he says you're going to be exposed to a lot of people. And, and he's, like, he's like, oh, oh, oh will they be laughing? Will, be, they be, will they be pointing at their radio? so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I wouldn't want that. I, well, I, would, that would I wouldn't be, want them to it would be, be so bad. La- laughing tell at them, me. Maybe Tell them not to laugh. Maybe wearing like, a, like, a, like an odd costume or <laughs> like something. A, I know they can't like see a, me. Maybe a can, baby's? Maybe a baby's diaper? <laughs> Eddie says that Lou has pathos, which then prompts Lou to say he wants to do it. He wants to do the radio. He says, hey, yeah, man, I want to do the radio so I can do my 69 bits. <laughs> they can't stop me once it's on the airwaves. There's no delay. <laughs> Bud says, okay, but he demands a 60-40 split. He says, I want to prove this to you. He's like, we're going to earn less money. But you're going to earn even lesser money than me because I'm the one being exposed and embarrassed up there. <laughs> Just hanging Just out for everyone to laugh at and point and, and laugh. Maybe and spit on me. Yeah. I, I don't know. Punching me in the dick. So when we come back to, to when we have to come back to the burlesque, burlesque circuit, you'll you'll learn your lesson. Lou says, oh, don't worry. I won't forget. <laughs> and then we go to commercial. I imagine. I think so. The uh, Eddie goes to the the producers of the Kate Smith show, which was a very popular radio show at the time. This yes. is actually true. Kate Smith was a very popular performer. I'm not sure why. She seems like she was a, just like a very pleasant woman. <laughs> I don't think she was a comedian. She was just a host. Well, she it was like she, her and her husband a little bit, right? Yes, I, and I think her husband also hosted it as well. If, if this this is... feels anticlimactic, and I'm going to point out why. Yeah. So he go Eddie goes and he says, "You we got Abin Costello. They're one of the biggest performers on the uh, on the on the circuit. vaudeville circuit. You need to you need to hire them up." And the producer says, "No, I'm not going to do that. First of all, radio's an audio medium. They do physical comedy. They're, it's not going to translate." And he says, uh, "I'm going to make you famous. You're going to be famous for the person that turned down Evan Costello." Uh, oh, 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 yeah. I'm going to get shot. Oh, don't you worry. You told me the stream was shallow. So then, the Andrew, I can't tell you how many times I've been passed up from jobs and said, "You're going to be famous. <laughs> famous as the guy that turned down Mark Gonzalez." Also, do you validate? And then, uh, uh, so, if you if you hear of anything else that's hiring, uh, I would appreciate you my just resume. Just let my it, let words it along. We'll find what happens. 
Lou is listening to the radio at home, and he talks about how funny he is with his wife. Eddie calls on the phone. This is... So, you're, okay, you're okay, leaving okay. out something important. Well, well he's, he, being, he's eating a big bowl of ice cream. He's eating a big bowl of ice cream. He's like, I love ice cream. I love ice cream. I'm a bad boy eating my ice cream. So, so then here's no. So this is this is how this movie plays out. I want uh, so we're gonna follow this. That a scene happens where they're at odds about something, right. and then in the very next scene, that goes away immediately usually not through the actions of somebody else somebody else off camera that we don't see so it's very much the entourage format where it's like oh are we gonna get the job and then ari's like you got the job and they're like like, yeah "Yeah, all right we got it no we're gonna make this movie i'm worried about making the movie yeah you're making the movie all right (laughs) costello says to his wife Ain't I funnier than Red Skelton? And she says, yeah, sure. Oh, you are, Big and Daddy. Says, you are. <laughs> Aren't I funnier than Jack Benny? And she's like, oh, you, you know it. Big Daddy, and you are. And he's like, ain't I funnier than Chaplin? And she's like, well, Chaplin's not on the radio. So. so you got that. So technically, so, it's apples know? and oranges, technically. Yeah. I just want to point this out. It's, 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 it'd be unfair to compare the two of you, all right? It's like that bit that I have about how I have the exact same number of Olympic medals as one of our <laughs> former house guests. <laughs> So who's the real winner? I mean, it's zero to zero. Yeah. Uh, the phone rings, and it's Eddie on the phone who says that Red Skelton has to go to Hollywood, and they've he's left the Kate Smith show and needs someone to fill in for him, and that someone is Abaddon and Costello. Yeah. Begrudgingly, <laughs> it's you guys. By default, you have to be there. <laughs> So uh, they celebrate. We already sold ads to Winston Cigarettes. Something's got to happen. And I don't think it was Red Skelton. I think it was Henny Youngman sure. in real life. But yes, this is this is something that actually happened. Lou and uh, Bud are now, they're ready to put on their first radio performance here on the Kate Smith Show. And they're looking over their script and they're like, this is junk. Yeah. I hate it. This is terrible. These writers are bad. I think the producers are trying to sabotage us. So right before they go on, they throw their script in the air and they just launch into one of their classic routines, Mark. What do they do? I need more cowbell. That's right. That's what they do. Uh, no, they do. Um, they're all going to laugh at you by Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that classic bit. They, they do the one where it's... They do Goat Boy. Uh, yeah, you have to... Uh, uh, opera Man. They yeah. do Opera oh, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they do Who's On First. Right. Which... They just throw their scripts into the air dramatically and are like, we'll show them. So they do Who's On First, which is, again, you've seen it on your, your, your VHS copy that you personally had. Yes. Classic routine. Here, man. Well, they do it... For real, they're like, because the 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 bit is eight minutes long. The right? bit's long. They do the whole thing, and they do the whole thing here. They don't just have them go up and say, you know, baseball teams. They got some weird. Pu- they got names and for it's like, weird names for their players. Something and we fade, else, and then people laughing and cheering because you already know the bit. Here they assume you don't know. You the don't bit. know the bit. We're gonna You've do never the whole it. bit. So we're gonna do it all for you. We're gonna do it live. So they do it. And then we keep cutting away to extras sitting in their like living room or laughing, gambling hall. laughing pleasantly like, at the radio, yeah, staring at the radio <laughs> and laughing like, very politely. Like, oh, that's that's a good that's a good laugh. It's funny because he's he an immigrant. Understand. <laughs> now this is actually interesting. Uh, that uh, the first time that uh, Abbott and Costello actually performed, did they write this? 
what this who's on first yeah or was this another no this is another classic routine this really is, this is this is all vaudeville oh, routines that breaks that my heart been done a thousand that times before that. they heart. did not write any they didn't of write that. any of this stuff no no these are all these were nobody knows who wrote who's on first it's just one of those routines that was in the burlesque theater for years and years <sighs> and years and then they just managed to take it and then put it on Can the we radio. Say we wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they do so our classic they do routine. Our fucking bit. Yeah. You know that one where we're like shoes on fifth. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Uh, it's like a basketball team. I, I want to so. say. No, they do this bit. Now this is actually interesting because uh, in the actual first performance, they got complaints, which I feel like feeds into our television movie about us, the Andrew and Mark story. Oh yeah, that's currently in production for fuse uh yeah fusion pop uh uh go go 90 Uh, (laughs) verizon's go 90 they tremor is that the horror one (laughs) they're they're buying it no uh shutter shutter yes yeah shutter's yeah they got because they're they're buying it under the assumption that there's gonna be a murder suicide at the end of this (laughs) so they're like we'll wait one of you guys is gonna do it they the complaint was is that when they first performed on the radio they sounded too similar. That they oh, it sounded like see? they two Dutchmen. The people didn't know the difference between the two their two voices because they they complained. Listeners complained that they sounded too similar. So that Lou started doing like a falsetto childlike voice in yeah. future performances because like that's the what his character evolved into is this like dumb kid. Yeah. So that's where that like hey like that's where that came from because they sounded too similar. Okay. But they do who's on first and the way this is cut together and the way this is put together and the speed and the energy of this is so wrong Slow. that Boring. it doesn't work and it is incredibly unfunny. I don't know it, it, I I if you haven't seen it watch it on YouTube to get an idea the original to, or this this okay to get an idea as to like how pacing and and editing and these kind of things absolutely makes or breaks a scene like the script is the script that's all you know that it's been the it's the same fucking script since 19 fucking hundred right and now here we are 1978 and these two performers very funny classically comedic performers can't, can't do it do this fucking bit it's interesting Regardless, the audience in the movie, however, thinks it's hysterical, and they're a smash hit. Andrew, you were telling me that they had to—they eventually were under contract to do Who's on First once, once a, a month. month on yes, the Kate. Kate Smith. They were a frequent. That's insane. Frequent performers on Kate Smith, and to the point where every month or every month they would perform Who's on First again, right? And just keep doing it because it's almost like. Obviously, SNL would do Stefan like once every couple of months, Mm -hmm. but the words are different. The format is exactly the same. People, they're changing it slightly. I bet they. I bet there was like some massaging here and there. They're like football teams. (laughs) Sure, got weird names for players. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You got a quarterback named Who. (laughs) That's what I'm asking you. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Act two. Bud has a seizure and he drinks. Lou comes in, and he's followed by Eddie. Eddie says, off screen, Universal's offered to make a picture with the two of you. I'm worried about making the film. I don't know. I don't know, bud. Are we going to make the film? Are we going to do this? Is the thing that everybody already knows is going to happen going to happen? 
you, you guys are yes. making the film. <laughs> it's happening. Yes! So now they have to take a bigger pay... They have to take another pay cut they in have, order to yes, go to Hollywood? Yes, So Bud is resistant again. He says, well, wait a minute. We're making good money on this, these radio circuits and on our, our stand-up performances. And Lou wants he's like i i'm they're not gonna talk down to me we're doing these pictures he goes to the point where he plays hardball with bud and says well they take me without bud if he doesn't yeah. want to come and they're like you don't want to you don't want to do that he's like oh i absolutely do which, fucking fucking try me which again this this happens to us all the time yes where they say well we'll go to we'll go to a denny's and they'll say well we don't have room for two and you'll say like will you take will you take just me <laughs> can i sit at the counter and like andrew i'm right here you don't want to do this don't i'm do like this. try me <laughs> give me the puppies bud budges on this he says well fine fucking fine Fuck all right big baby big gets to make his fat fucking, fucking movie. baby it's Hollywood. Lou celebrates outside. They have alcohol in Hollywood, right? <laughs> I think. Yeah, that should be fine. He celebrates in Hollywood and spins his wife around at Grand Union Station. Union at Union Station, but gets short of breath. He admits to his wife that he has a heart murmur from rheumatic fever when he was a, a child. Kid. Yeah. But he's fine, all right? Even though he's eating bowls of ice cream like every fucking day. <laughs> don't worry. I don't work out. <laughs> I should be fine. Cut to casket going into the grave <laughs> bong on set bud and lou show up and they talk to the studio president mr brady <laughs> that's right He's acting like a real scumbag robert reed is the studio uh president and uh lou feels like he's being big timed by mr brady hard like he's like hard. answers the phone while they're in this meeting yeah. and he just doesn't have to he doesn't have the time of day for him and this really sticks in lou's craw he also tells him that 11 other producers have passed on this particular film with yes. these particular losers so they should be very grateful that yeah you he's take, helping take them out. your shit and fucking and eat it too yeah that's that saying we then cut to a radio announcer who tells us that uh, the movie that Evan costello were in buck privates did very very, very well. well it outgrossed what are they saying they list other movies yes that came out, something like, like that this is true. Uh, actually, Abbott and Costello were in a movie before Buck Privates oh. that did not do well. Oh. And then were in Buck Privates, and Buck Privates did... It was their first big uh, hit. And they well, a- they were just a portion of it. They didn't star in it, but like they, they were like performers in it doing... The, you know, it's these like classic universal movies of the 30s and 40s where it's these like big ensemble pieces where there's like a love story over here and then screwed in over here is this like screwball comedy and then there's something else going on over here and they have like a thousand different performers under that uh, are under contract that are in these dumb movies yeah uh, their agent tells them they're under an eight picture contract Mm -hmm. so they can afford to have one or two that don't go well because well you assholes have hired us we're stuck here we have to be in these movies yeah so Buck Privates does well. The guys are happy-ish, right? Not really, though, because we then cut to a scene of uh, Lou on set uh, in some, like, sailor scene where they're on, like, a submarine. Yeah, this and is he so strange. Puts his, he puts his sleeping uh, bunk on the floor and <laughs> Lou's I like... I love that... Of, <sighs> this is the thing that they is, picked. This is the one this scene is... that we... So I have a, I have a, I have a th- sneaking suspicion that they didn't want to pay... Universal for the Universal rights to any of these. to perform scripts from any of these movies. They can mention it. Oh, they were in Buck Private. They were in Keep Them Flying. They were in this. They were in that. But they didn't want to... Because I want to compare this movie to Ed Wood. Stan and Ollie oh. and Ed Wood as well, 
where we see these scenes being played out and they went through great pains. Like Stan and Ollie shows at the end, like the scenes stacked next to each other. Oh, that's of terrible. The movie yeah, and the, the, original. the recreation of it. And uh, Ed Wood's another one where they take great pains to be as close to the 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 script, the original as possible to show like what was going on in this. I feel like this is an amalgamation of some scenes and it's like two lines. Yeah. You don't have a sense of why this what stuff are they doing? is supposed what to be funny. Is this movie like is this good? Because he puts his bed on. He puts his bed stack on the floor and Bud goes, hey, what are you doing? Why are you putting your bed on the floor? And Lou looks up and goes, I'm a bad boy. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, that's it. And then they go, they yell cut. And they say, we have to do it again. There was a, a camera, camera issue. And then he says, well, you're printing that one because it was great. And you're going, was it? <laughs> you had one line. What is just, this? You were out and <laughs> It'd be one, it would be one thing if he like did a big, huge fucking pratfall through a table or something yeah. like that. And they're like, we have to reset, unfortunately. We, we had we a camera rolling. problem. <laughs> you just decided to walk, march yeah. into set also, and that's fall my, on the table. that's my table. <laughs> it was a glass coffee table. Just, just bleeding. Just ordered toe. it from Burke Williams. And you just He's fucked like, it well, up. You, you better fucking make it happen because I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Please don't. I don't want you to. Nobody wants you to do that again. Fine. Give me one more table. <laughs> no, Stop. Instead, he's he just says, "I'm a bad boy," and then he's like, "I'm not, I'm not doing it again. That's bullshit. You guys are ridiculous." <laughs> yeah, but he storms. Then off. he storms off the set. Bud goes to talk to him. So again, we're seeing Lou's temperamental. He's a hot. He's just he's a he's a loose cannon. That guy. He's, he's, he's a hothead. Turning his badge and his gun. But he he's a hothead. But he's not like a perfectionist, which would be one way to understand this character. That he's like it has to be has, right. Yes, it has to be perfect. The audience deserves this. Instead, he's like, no, nah, I'm just an asshole. He's just a big. He's just trying to big time these people who were big timing him. He's vindictive, yeah. is what he is, and he knows that it wasn't a hard. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's like, I know it wasn't a hard scene, but they can go fuck themselves. I don't care. Yeah, pay me, or I won't do the performance. Lou's wife is pregnant by Bud. Huh? Uh, think about it. Lou is angry that he has. No- <laughs> he has been getting humiliated out here. <laughs> <laughs> Lou is throwing a party, but he's angry that nobody has shown up. Yeah, specifically, none of these Hollywood big types. Yeah, they all big timed him not to show up his party because you know he's some loud fat asshole that's always <laughs> screaming at him. Imagine if you were on a TV. I can't imagine this. Imagine if you were on a TV show. We were, you were working a show, mm-hmm. and like one of the one of the uh, one of the talent came to you and was like, "Hey." I'm having a big party, and you're like, I'm not going to that. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's insane. No, Andrew, this is more like if you threw a trivia party, uh-huh. and one of the guests that is always there yelled at your teammates, and then got mad the following year when some of the teammates decided not to show up, <laughs> and said that guy was being an asshole. Oh, That's what it's like. Interesting. Oh, it's, uh, I, these hypotheticals are Again, so hard I, to yeah. imagine. He's mad that uh, Mr. Brady did not show up. We then cut to Bud and Lou playing cards in their trailer before another movie. They're sharing a trailer. They're sharing a trailer. And I guess I kind of liked that their costumes are changing, even though their situations never are. No. So now they're dressed like cowboys for some fucking reason. This is the weird thing is the passage of time in this movie is very weird. And you have to use 
you basically have to make these mental leaps that like scene to scene is like six months has passed apparently yeah, yeah it's been a year now we're making i don't know movie. how many movies they've made because we just all the only way we know the passage of time is because they're wearing different clothes because they look exactly the same they haven't aged it's the same fucking dressing room set yeah. it's the same fucking desk set so it, it must be another cowpoke movie or something like that but Lou is trying to big time Mr. Brady. He's mad that he didn't go to his party. And he says, I want one of these big fucking trailers that one of your big stars has here at Universal. And Mr. Brady says, well, that star earned it. She makes a ton of money for the studio. And he's like, well, you should read Variety sometime. And he hands him the newspaper and says that Abbott Bof- and Costello. Ab- Abbott and Ka. Boffo box office noms. Uh, duo stuo <laughs> nuo boo. I have no idea what this means. I highlighted it. <laughs> Comics box moves fox. <laughs> well, I don't what the fuck is this? Am I having a seizure? <laughs> Lou. <laughs> then he says, fine, whatever. You'll get your trailer. Sure. sure. Lou, Lou says, well, that's the, the showed me a variety. alphabet soup. I guess you get your trailer now. <laughs> he printed it himself. <laughs> I'm going to gaslight him. Oh, yeah. He ran over to the prop department and he's like, he's get, like I- <laughs> get me one that says I'm the sexiest stud on earth. What? And then give me another one that says I made more money than uh, Bella Lugosi. Uh, make one that says biggest dong. Yeah. <laughs> that one's for home. He says, the Variety says that Abbott and Costello... Abbott seems sad. Print one out that says people know that he has a weird dick. (laughs) And they're all laughing at it. They're all laughing at it. Nation nation laughs at world's strangest penis. He's holding it. He's just sweating. (laughs) Drops it. I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) All of this comes from the biography episode. Yeah, this, if anybody yeah, has, this, this, we all, if anybody from the Avatar Costello trust or family is upset with the way that we're portraying your, your these characters, I'm sorry, but this is the way, this is what Peter Graves was, told us. This is what life was. This is Peter Graves said. This is what happened. Now, Variety reports that they're the third highest grossing comedy Box stars in yeah. in Hollywood. So he says, "I want, I'm a, I want, I want a house on the big side of town." <laughs> Peter, uh, he says he's a high flying, jet flying, flying. We kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. They're on the big side of town. Uh, so Peter Brady's like, fine, fuck Fucking it, whatever. Fine, stop God your damn goddamn it. hissy fit. And then he's like, Abbott, you want a big trailer? And he's, he's like, like yeah, I, don't I don't give a you, shit. Keep me out of this. And when Mr. Brady leaves. Lou gives Abbott shit because he's like, if you don't fucking back me up again, I swear to God, I will punch you right in your weird penis. <laughs> right in your weird penis when no one's looking. He's like, <gasps> you son no, of a bitch. You monster. I'll tell everyone you got the smoothest, biggest penis in the world. You wanted, you, wanted, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Shaking with rage. That's right. I'll tell him. I'll tell him all. Next scene, Lou's wife has the baby. Right. <laughs> and he's dressed like Gilligan for some like, reason. He bursts into what appears to me to be a 1978 <laughs> hospital room. Yeah. Even though even it's supposed, supposed to be, be the like 50s. Early, early 40s at this point. The, the war hasn't even happened Oh, the like, war hasn't even yet. happened yet. Oh, my God. So, yeah. He's like, there's like fluorescent lights. There's a CAT scan machine. There's an MRI. There's like a doctor, a doctor on a, a Fitbit. Digital watch. Yeah. <laughs> checks her pulse with a Seiko. It's like, oh, yeah, you're doing fine. Uh, yes. So she's had her baby and he says, this is the greatest day of my life. Abbott! 
So then he marches back to set and he's got this big processional and he hands out big bottles of champagne and announces that his son, Lou Costello Jr., has just been born. It looks a lot like Bud Abbott. Now, that's a, that's wow. a question strange. for somebody else. He's tall. It's very strange. He's wearing a suit. Uh, <laughs> and he has a thin mustache. <laughs> he uh, announces, and again, everyone has a drink, even Bud, despite the fact that like Lou was like, don't please don't drink. But Bud's like, fuck it. I'm drinking champagne. Fuck it. I get, can't get drunk I, on champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Doctors know this. Yeah. All right. And he, Takes more epilepsy medicine and <laughs> smokes another cigarette. At a U.S. Army recruiting station, the boys perform. They perform for the the troops, uh, which is something that they actually did during the war. They they put on USO shows. They perform with Bob Hope. They did all this kind of stuff. Right. And then this is a whole thing where it's not a newsy this time. It's just like that classic radio voice guy yeah, saying that saying everybody's doing joining the war effort. The boys. Even, even even those in Hollywood. Even uh, Hollywood's famous duo, Abbott and Costello, are performing for our boys in blue. Right. They're not getting shot at like your sons. They're just saying jokes. <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> now buy wool bonds. Costello has a heart issue and collapses on the stairs. Back at uh, Lou's house, he's bedridden. Mm-hmm. Lou's wife is talking to Bud, and she's worried. She says the doctor says he may never perform again. He's going to be an invalid for the rest of his life. He's just going to be peeing and pooping, and Bud's like, yeah. All over yeah. himself, huh? <laughs> boy, boy, wouldn't that be a mistake? <laughs> oh, man. Wouldn't that be bad? <laughs> Let's <laughs> open these windows. He's just going to laugh at him, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll join him. <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? That could be our act. <laughs> the two guys piss themselves on stage. Bud goes to talk to Lou and promises him a new car. A new, new car. car! Every heart attack. If uh, Lou, Lou can get back on his feet. that They try and do who's on first as well at the end of this, and it seems very forced. Right, but throws the, up on himself. They, you know, they're, they're so the Andrew, friends. This yes. is serious. Okay. This is painful stuff. Yes. He's had a heart attack. He's had a heart attack. He's, bedridden he's, the doctors don't know that he's gonna be okay he might not even live his best friend says look i'm gonna give you eight months no six months get back on that horse get out there mm-hmm. and if you do you can have my car you can have my car now it, i know it seems... it's gonna be a struggle i know it's gonna be hard and i know you're gonna have to work for it yes but at the end of it you're gonna be a better man mm-hmm. can't wait to see what that looks like on film. That's right. We're going to show the progress of him recovering and getting to know his family better because he's not working so much. And oh, hold on a second. My notes here say uh, the next scene, Lou Smash is, cut. Lou is very fine. well. He's, he's fine. fine. Uh, Bud, he, does, he does a handstand, right? Bud pulls up in his car and Lou's outside and he's like, I'm all better now. Well, I'm not dying. Time, cool. to, time to go back to Wyke. They go and take the car to the radio station where they have to perform. But there's a phone call. In the station booth, it's for Lou. Yeah. There's been a... It's the president. There's been an incident. <laughs> an incident. <laughs> uh, Lou's son, his infant son, his one-year-old son, has uh, fallen into the pool and has drowned, drowned and has died. Yeah. This is something that actually happened in real life. It definitely changed Lou Costello to being a bigger asshole, apparently, which... Wouldn't is this it, his only it, son? No, this is. They the other don't address thing. that. This is the other thing in this movie. Lou had several sons and daughters, and so did Bud. Bud was married as well, and we don't see any, any of, of these yeah. people. It's confusing to me that Lou was an asshole before, and, and is still an asshole. Is still an asshole. You'd think that the shift would happen in the writing after that. Yeah, that like you would see the change that this has taken such a 
toll on him that he just doesn't have the heart to do this thing anymore. Because in the biography well, he, he series, should also be saying, do you know what I've given to this business? He's like, I gave my, my son. son. I was died at work. Because I was at work. I was at work and my son died. Yeah. And That's like, what I've given these people. Just, just become dead to it all. But instead he's like, ah, He's like, no, nah, I'm just shit. a bigger asshole. Uh, and it's also, it, 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 they make a point in this in the biography by pointing out that he was, he's a big kid. That was his character. And when his son died, like that, doing that character hurt him, hurt him because it was basically reminding him of his own son that had died. Yeah. Who couldn't remember baseball players. now? <laughs> like classic kids. So then, so then he goes home. He consoles his wife. He says, sort "My of. son." He's yeah. He just kind of looks at her, and she just stares off through a picture window. Well, the doctor also says they gave her a sedative, so we're like, "Oh, you shot her up with heroin. Cool, <laughs> way to go, doc." So then he goes, "Ugh," and he makes the effort to go back to the radio station. He says, "My son died." He tells Bud, "He's like, my son died," and he's like. Oh my god! Like I know. Why are you here? Why, what are you doing? Well, just we'll play an old one. They'll yeah. never know the no difference. One knows. <laughs> we have to. We're doing who's on first again. <laughs> no one will know if we don't change the words. And he says, "No, I have to do the show." So that he does. They do this routine about Jonah and the whale. Yeah. And he finishes it, and then he storms off the out of the studio. Bud talks in the microphone. And he Everybody's goes, clapping. Everybody's said, having oh, a that great was hysterical. time. They like the funny it. man. I like the funny man. I love man. it. Bud then goes in the microphone. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I want to break character here for a moment. I want to tell you something. Lou Costello Jr., Lou's son, died today. But yet, he still had the, he still wanted to perform for everybody here. He wanted to make you laugh. He wanted to do this for you. All right? And all you do is you take and you take and you take. And guess what you took from him? You took his only son, I think. So go fuck yourselves, and then listen to this ad for Viceroy Cigarettes. When you want to pack it tastes good kids. like a cigarette, cigarette should. should. <laughs> uh, Andrew, that... He's like, you people are embarrassing <laughs> yourselves. Not me You should time. have the erections. <laughs> I'm not even half. I'm not even barely at half mass now. Andrew, uh, again, if this was the biography of our lives... What is what is what this is, moment? What is the crushing, devastating moment? For me, I think it's the time you came to work and you realized that you had a rip in your pants. That's right. Yes, and, and you had to you had to still do your job all day. And then after you left, I stood up in the MCR and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the man who was just here." He said, "Ladies and gentlemen, if I could break character <laughs> for a moment." <laughs> and they said, "I don't know, can you?" And then I said, "You're fired." And then I said, "Then Dick first, yeah. smash through the door." <laughs> the man who was just here. Doing his job. He came to he work. A rip in his pants. He had a tear. For God in knows. The crouch in his pants. How long? He did it and for did you. It for you and for Pop TV. And you just laughed at him. They're like, well, we didn't even notice he had a hole, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, it is yeah that was funny. kind of funny. And then I tried to sell them Ken's. <laughs> <laughs> so they fell off a truck, all right? Just shut up and buy them. Returning home from work, we're now in Act Three. Ann and Lou seem distant. Lou blames Ann. For leaving the baby alone. This is a movie of dramatic fits and starts. Because this is a scene that could be great. Yes. And fascinating. And he's like, you shouldn't have left our baby alone. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm drunk. And then it's over. And you're like, well, no, well she, what the she, fuck was no, that? All these, she has to slap him. She slaps him. Oh, she slaps him. That's the end of the scene. 
And that uh, she, she should be like, you're on the road. Where were you? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that I turned my back for one minute. You, you're you never here. And then he's arguing, I have to be on the road. I have to make money. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Can't get his dick hard if people aren't <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> and he can't get a joke. He can't get a laugh to save his fucking life. life. Do you know the responsibility I have? <laughs> and instead, she just slaps him and says, all right, I'm going to go drink some more. Bud and Lou play cards. Lou tries to big time the studio president again and threatens to fire Mr. Brady. Bud tries to calm him down, but Lou says, that's it. I'm at. We're not working together no more. Yeah. I'll, uh, be your, I'll work with you. He says, I'll work with you. Uh, we will we will talk in when we're on camera, but I'm, I, I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah, you've betrayed me. You've betrayed me for the last time. Now, By this, telling me I'm being an asshole. This is interesting because in real life, the reason a divide came between these two is because supposedly... Lou Costello fired a maid that he had. We have to assume she was a Dutch immigrant. <laughs> he was like, she doesn't know English. <laughs> well, she does. She does, she, doesn't, she, she, when she, she speaks, says it, it doesn't speaks, sound it, it quite sounds, like It me. sounds weird. Uh, she, he fired a maid. Bud hired this maid. Right. Lou got mad, told Bud to fire that maid. <laughs> fired the maid again. And Bud said no, and that's what caused the rift between these two. <laughs> Which, why isn't that in this movie? That should isn't be that in this amazing? movie. That's, that's hysterical. That's so strange and weird. It's so specific. But it would also... I want to see what caused him to fire the maid and what tipped Bud to be like... Uh, the maid's like, oh, I don't have a... He's like, oh, you don't you don't have a job anymore. Well, I need oh, a maid. I'd love to have a maid. Well, it should be... The reason that he wants him to fire the maid is he's like, it'll be funny. It'd be really funny <laughs> because she thinks she has hope now, and then you're gonna fire yeah, her. You're just huh? gonna, yeah, you know think, what I mean? Think about it. Yeah, and then just ah, is that hilarious? Right and he's her. like, I'm not gonna. No, he's like, that's it. We're done. You and me, we're done <laughs> professionally. Lou wants his manager to get Bud to agree to a 60-40 split, but for Lou this time, because, right. again, he's not going to forget. He's a spiteful asshole. Also, he finds out that the tax man has been asking some questions about what they've been doing with their money these past few years. Yes. We're now in the early late the late 40s, early 50s. Bud agrees to the split, saying he forgot about the earlier split. He He's like, oh, yeah, I remember doing the 60-40 oh, yeah, thing. Fucked that. That I fucked him. Yeah, I remember fucking him. He notes now that Lou is different. The tax man shows up in a later scene, and he's going over the books <laughs> he, gleefully. He's like, "You owe us so we're, much we're money. Gonna, we're gonna get you. We're gonna oh get all that boy, money. Oh, oh my, champa, champa, champa." Now, Andrew, the way that this scene is played out, again, you know more information about what actually happened here. But the way it's played out is, these two guys were forgetful that they just didn't or file just their taxes. Didn't just think like, they, they were like, why we're would like, I fire my, the, file my taxes? We're the golden goose for the government. Who gives a shit? I don't know. I bought a bunch of stuff. We make a ton of money. Like, yeah, money comes in, money goes out. We'll what do you get, want from what, me? What do you want? I, I'm not the businessman. And then the tax man is like, well, everybody pays taxes. He says, if you make a lot, you pay a lot. Which you should be paying a lot for this muffler. Not true anymore. Not See, that's anymore. the big difference. Bang. Current events, everybody. So, I have no sympathy for these guys because I'm like, pay your taxes. No, <laughs> but the real what everybody does. The, but the real story. The, the is, actual thing is, is that they had hired a business manager that was a friend that was like, oh yeah, I'll take care of your money. Basically, he walked off with a ton of money, moved to Mexico, and left them stuck. Yeah, with uh, with, with having the all these back taxes that were never paid because he never bothered to file because they just assumed that oh yeah, so and so's got it. 
which uh, up. didn't happen. The tax man basically says, uh, you know, you can't write off your suits. These charitable donations don't really line up. Uh, and your gambling losses, you can't take those as a, you can't write those off. And then he says, I bet you I can, bet you I can write those off. <laughs> He's like, all right, all right. I got a deck of cards yeah. around here somewhere. He says that the two owe one million seven hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. Which they are in. They're, they're like, like, we ain't got nobody it. Nobody has ever made that much money in the there entire that of much the world. money. And he says, well, we're gonna get what we can, and uh, they do. So they have an estate sale, to, so the IRS can get theirs. Reporters start asking Lou questions, and he says he's bitter that he did all this charitable work for the government. During performing the war. for the GIs during the war, only for the, the government to turn around and slap them with these back taxes. Because he's like, we didn't write off any of those performances. They paid us one single dollar as as that. And now look at what we get for for our charity is the government comes and takes basically everything we own, which is true. Two different things, though. Two, what do you mean? Just because you do USO shows doesn't mean you don't well, have to pay I, that's, taxes. That is true. But... That is, this is something that actually happened that both of them were incredibly bitter towards the government. Because yes. And I understand they, they got like fucked they had, over they by got, their friend. They had gotten betrayed by the government for and their doing all this work for them. The studio, at the studio, Mr. Brady says they are not renewing Abbott and Costello's contract because, uh, first of all, there's tension between the two. They see it in all the trades. All the big papers are talking. Look at this. Right. Uh, but uh, we don't see it in any of their ba- performances. Ba- bad blood. Sud mud right here. It's <laughs> right. in variety. <laughs> so it's like burnt toast. Twenty four. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, manager starts stepping yeah. out of the room. Okay, okay. nurse, nurse. <laughs> so I don't understand. So the, the it's it's that classic show don't tell. Right? They're telling us that there's tension between the two of them, but we don't see it in their act. Because no. we don't see them performing anything. No, we don't. So we don't know what they're talking about. They're like, people People like them because they loved each other. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess. I think they did. I haven't seen a scene of their films. All I saw was they did Who's on First <laughs> once on the Kate Smith show. And that was like, I think, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, then they put a... They put a cot on the floor or something, and then he said he was a bad boy. Because what actually happened, see, and they don't talk about this, because, again, this is this is after your Frankenstein period, by the way. Because it's interesting. Because in the 30s, in the 30s, they started very hot with Buck Privates, and they had a big success. And so it went up, and then in the mid, like, after the war, kind of slumped a little bit. Their, their mid-movies just didn't do very well. And then Universal decided, well, fuck it. Let's just use, we have two properties. We got Abbott and Costello and we got the monsters. Let's just put them Shut together. Them together. See what so happens. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein was a huge upswing again in the late 40s, early 50s for Abbott and Costello and for the monster movies as uh, on top of that. Yes. So everybody benefits. Big upswing. And they did like six more of these. They did uh, Invisible meet, Man. Meet Invisible Man, Meet the Mummy, Meet the Wolfman meets dracula yes uh so but then after that they had one final movie that didn't do very well and then that was it they were done at universal yeah they eddie says you're gonna regret this mr brady okay bye probably not (laughs) lou's wife complains to lou about bud who says who He's, she's like, he's, he's terrible. He's awful. He's, he's so secluded and he's, and he's miserable and he's making me miserable and it's dumb and it's bad. And he's yelling all the time. And Bud says, well, that's just kind of the way he is. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's an asshole. 
uh, Lou's wife, Anne, says, don't fucking defend him, all right? He's a piece of shit. Tell- Everybody's say, always say defended him. Say it. Say he's a piece of shit. You fucking say it. Say it. Say it. He's, he's, um, he's troubled. <laughs> and uh, I understand that you uh, want him to I'm hearing be- you. Uh, I understand. I understand. His wife doesn't want to hear any more defense of Lou. Bud says... Don't worry about it, Anne. You're not alone. I'm here for you. <laughs> Apparently, we're banging I can again. Screw you again. And we can go behind the bushes and fuck. Two people come up to Bud and say, "Hey, aren't you uh, Bud Abbott? I'd love to have your autograph." He says, "Ah, no, no problem." And immediately turns to sign their autograph. She then stands up and again just walks yeah, into the walks sun. off into the <laughs> sea and turns into foam. <laughs> in Vegas. Apparently, now they're performing in Vegas. Sure. They don't have their film contract anymore, so they've gone off into that great Valhalla of performers, <laughs> Las Vegas. Bud shows up too drunk to perform, and Lou says, I'll never work with Bud again, yeah. which I don't know if this actually happened, because according to the biography, their ki- Bud's kids were very adamant to say that he never showed up drunk to perform that he would he was he was an alcoholic showed up but he toasty made, he made He'd it show he made warm. a very specific choice to only drink after his performances so i don't know if they performed together they, i'm assuming they performed together in vegas but at a certain point they're they just kind of drifted apart yeah abbott he didn't perform after he abbott and costello broke up costello did he started so after this he goes solo and he starts doing solo shows but he actually did a solo movie mm-hmm. he showed up on uh he had like a bunch of TV appearances he would show up uh, doing solo performances on the Steve Allen show actually sure basically doing his routine and they would stack all of these like uh rep rep performers around him to like be like there's like five uh, abbots around him like straight <laughs> so men strange so he can do his routine yeah and he like showed up on wagon train. He he got good reviews playing a drunk on wagon train. Sure, going ro- on the road solo. Lou gets a massage because he's not feeling very well. His manager says, "Well, why don't you try and get the act back together?" Lou tries to big time Bud by saying, "Yeah, I'll get the act back together. You give him three hundred dollars a week, and we'll get back together." And, yeah, and he's like, "I'm not gonna do that to Bud." And he says, "Well, why don't you go fuck yourself?" Yeah. Uh, at another show, Lou has a heart attack. Mm, tragic. Which. What happened? Actually, he had his heart attack at home. Oh, in front of his kids. Well, well, his kids are dead. Yeah, so I we guess can't I guess that's that. true. Lou's in the hospital. Mark, coming up. Here comes a coming pivotal up scene. On our great scenes. His and his manager shows up. Eddie shows up and says, "Oh, hey, good to see you. You know how you feeling?" And Lou says, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm gonna be great. I'm gonna." I'm 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 saving the best for last. My my best years are yet to come. I'm ready to go out and perform. And 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 if if they think they can take that from me, they got another thing coming. And his manager says, "Why don't you just focus on yourself, rest, get, get better, healthy. and you will definitely not you'll definitely do great." Right. And he says, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Lou says, "I would love some Strawberry ice cream. He says he wants ice cream. He wants ice cream. And then they both say, strawberry ice cream. Oh, we'll give, give you, you an strawberry ice cream. Ice cream. Which I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you now because I'm like, is this a thing from the movies? Do we know that he loves strawberry ice cream? No, this is- He uh, just says, he's a fa- He's a fat guy and we saw him eat ice cream once. But he's he's yeah, very. But why do we know that he likes strawberry? We ice don't. Cream? As, an, as, as an audience, we don't know whether he likes strawberry ice cream. But haven't you? Wouldn't you know it? Eddie has snuck in a strawberry malted. malted. 
He's he's brought in a strawberry shake for for Lou to have, and Lou's very he's very excited about it, and he yes. takes a drink about it, and he and he talks more about how he's gonna he's doing well, he's gonna be great, and he takes another drink of the strawberry uh, uh, shake, Malted. and he says he says maybe one of the greatest lines in this entire podcast. <laughs> he he looks at Eddie and he goes, you know. Of all the strawberry malteds I've had in my life, this, this is the best one. And then he dies. Just straight dies. Just flops over Thing on falls his out sides, of his hand. Dies. Like that, Dark those are, Knight. Those are his final words. Dark Knight so, Rises just... <clears throat> those are his final words being like, I love strawberry <laughs> milkshakes. Sounding like Homestar. <laughs> So then Eddie's like, Lou, Lou. Yeah. And, oh, well. And, you know, well, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> he's like, I should have got a chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I should have gotten one for myself. Uh, so he's dead. So he's died. So it's now in the middle of the night. We're at Bud's house. It's like apartment. Bud wakes up in the middle of the night and answers the door and, and Eddie's there. And Eddie tells Bud, hey, so Lou, he had another, yeah, he had another attack. attack. Also, I should point out that back at the hospital, Lou asks if Eddie told Bud about the fact that he had a heart attack. And he's like, no, you told me not to tell anyone. And he's like, anyone? It's like, no one. So right. Bud didn't, Lou didn't know, or Bud didn't know that Lou was in the hospital. Right. So now we're back at, we're at his apartment. He says, well, don't, Bud says, don't worry. I know he'll, he's going to pull he's, out he's of it. He's a fighter. He's he'll a be fighter. Fine. And Eddie says, well, he, not no, this he's time. Dead. He's, he fucking died. And he's like, you didn't give him a milkshake, did you? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, is, hey, hey, is a malted a milkshake? They're not the same. <laughs> and uh, he's, so Bud collapses on the couch and puts his, his head in his hands. And Eddie pats him on the shoulder. And Bud's like, I wish I could have been there to give him a laugh. I could always give him a laugh. Yeah. Eddie leaves. We then crane up in this apartment. as Bud is crying to himself about Lou's death. We hear the the audio of who's on first playing over this scene, and then that's it. And then it's over. Then it's over. Mark, I have a lot of things to say about this movie. <laughs> Andrew, I'll say this is the one of the worst endings of anything we've ever watched. No, this is it's this is so strange, terrible, and it just stops. And I have to imagine immediately after this scene of him crying. We just smash to. <laughs> Stay tuned for the late news. <laughs> and then Johnny's got Burt Reynolds tonight. <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna be a gasser. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredibly strange, and it just kind of it just ends. It just stops. It just stops, and it's such a weird. The last twenty minutes are baffling. Yeah, <laughs> like unpleasant. Okay, you're the screenwriter. And I haven't read. I haven't read this book. You maybe, are the driver. You are the. What would you write? <laughs> I haven't read this book, so maybe this is some kind of thing that happened. That there was some scene where he snuck him some food in, and then, then he, he was dies. like, "Oh, this is delicious." And then when he wasn't looking, he passed away. Right. But from a writing perspective, you put the scene on the page. What do you think was like the original intent of this? He should be asking about Abbott. Yes. He should be asking for Abbott. He should be making sure that Abbott's okay, that his career is all right. He should be giving us the impression that he wants his friend to be there. And then Eddie should say, all right, I'm going to go tell him, and I'm going to bring him right back. 
Uh-huh. And then when he leaves, he turns around and he's like, do you need anything? Do you want another strawberry malted? And he's dead. And he's dead. dead. And yes. it's too late yes. now. Yeah, something like that. Or just change it so that Abbott comes in and is like, I brought you a strawberry malt. And he's like, here at the end, it's <laughs> you and me, old buddy. <laughs> who's on? No, he, no, it's no, last. Who, who, no, who's on first? <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Tell me who's on first, you <laughs> bastard. No, at the very end, he says, it's the guy's name. <sighs> I, uh, <laughs> Revealing that it was never an act. He just never could understand how these baseball players got their names. Well, it's, it plant the seeds, at least. Eddie should know. Okay. At the very least, we should, we should know that he loves strawberry that he milkshakes. he loves strawberry milkshakes. <laughs> it's going to be that. Should that be, that be, should, should be something. He has an argument. He has an argument with Mr. Brady about the fact that he's like, He's like, and you didn't even read my writer. On he's set, like, you're giving me, you're giving me I vanilla. Wanted, I wanted. He's like, I, everyone knows strawberry milkshakes, and he like throws it across a wall and says, "Now clean it up." <laughs> at, at least something to that effect. Instead of at the end, you're like, he's a fat guy. He of course he's gonna want a <laughs> strawberry milkshake. Give him his fucking. Oh. Of all the Thanksgiving dinners, <laughs> this <laughs> was truly the most succulent. <laughs> he eats, just, he like breaks the, the thigh bone in half, <laughs> just eating that, just sucking the marrow out. Oh, the gravy's so good. good. <laughs> Drinks the gravy like a malted yeah. and then... <laughs> <laughs> of all the strawberry malteds, this is the best. That's pure gravy. I know. <laughs> It's just something, but it's also just weird to begin with it. And it does it. When I say, when, when we say he just up and dies, I, I watched it again last night. I watched this movie twice. Plus an A&E biography. <laughs> he drinks it and he's like, oh, boy, the greatest. and then just flops over dead. Like, That's it. Like, that is, that is it. it should, he should. It's like when a child is playing dead. Yes. Uh, bang, bang. I shot you. And he's like, ah, oh. uh, Strawberry malted. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then they go to Bud and be like, hey, your friend died. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, again, if they were, it, it should be, it shouldn't be Eddie. It shouldn't be Eddie that, that says yeah. it or something like that. It should be like. The wife. He, the, the wife should call. Or if, if they are so distant, make it like completely distant that he's like. Oh, out. he hears it on the radio? Yes, exactly. And then he's like, oh. He's like, that can't be right. And he like pulls over and he, and again, that newsie, that same yeah. newsie is in front of the theater. <laughs> Come half, half of Come Oh, but also it's, they get, they get it wrong. So they're like, Laurel and Hardy, both dead. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. It, it should be something, something different. Yeah. Something different. Something better. Something better. Something good would have been nice. If you're going to change stuff, which they did. Why not massage this to be something if they are that distant and it should be that because obviously Bud still cares for Lou, even if it wasn't reciprocated. Yeah. And it, maybe he was walked on the entire time, but like there should be something better than it's a it's a, the middle of the night. And he's like, hey, your friend died. OK, bye. I'm going to show myself out. I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm, I'm double parked. I gotta, Sorry, man. They're going to ticket me. I got to go. <laughs> And he's like, oh, oh, who's on first? <laughs> you know, or maybe he's at a baseball game, you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and terrible. he's sitting behind two people who are like, I don't know half the people on this roster. 
Jose like, Canseco. You and me both. Well, now he's the catcher. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think of this movie? Uh, it's bad. It is bad. It's weird. Uh, I was very disappointed because this comes from that golden age of TV movies, in my opinion, which is the late 70s, mid 80s area. The production value seemed low. Yes. The There's plenty of drama to be had, I assume, mm-hmm. from the story of two guys who work together for a very long time and see the industry change around them and try to keep up with it, and they don't put any of that in. They that's, just, that's what that's what uh, that's what A and E's biography is. Stan and Ollie that's is. What Stan, you sure? Stan, but, Stan and Ollie is. This is something that a lot of these pictures do as well, where they'll they'll be like instead of following these talkies. It, yeah, well, no, instead of following it like this did chrono, uh, chronologically, chronologically and not tell you what time period we're in, which right. you know you you could do that by just showing the fucking cars or what the people are wearing or change their hair (laughs) anything you have a newsie outside that's constantly shouting the day's headlines (laughs) so we know exactly what day this is taking place instead with stan and ollie it's the last few performances of stan and ollie as they look back on their career right that they've been forced together and now they've been boxed out because they were popular in the 10s and the 20s and now it's the 30s and the 40s and guys like avin costello are forcing them out right because they're the they're the new flavor yeah strawberry malted yeah <laughs> and uh this however is just like yeah they're famous i guess maybe you don't know their bits um but either way you're gonna hear them for 10 minutes but also the thing the crazy thing to me is as well is now that's in 1978 so that i think abbott died and or uh, costello died in like the mid sixties. So he would have only been dead for like 10 or 15 years at most. Sure. And then Costello or uh, Abbott lived on, uh, uh, and then had a stroke and then passed away in his sixties or seventies. So he probably, if he wasn't dead by 78, he was dead within a few years. Okay. So people watching it would have known it. And then kids of those of, of kids of the parents watching that probably also would have known about Abbott and Costello. Right. Because your parents tell them about them. If or the- kids now watched that movie, would they understand why that's the they're an influential pair of no. comedians? No. No. If you watched it, you would have no idea that these guys were famous or that they were influential or that they were important. Because the whole movie takes place, as you've said, in dressing rooms. Yes. And, and, on, and on and one stage right. that gets repurposed we're a not, bunch of times. We're not seeing the stage. We're not seeing... We're being told that they're successful, but we're not seeing how they're being successful, right. what people like about them. Or why they're funny. Again, yeah. you've got the scripts of all these bits that have, have that slayed audiences are, for for a centuries. They're in the public domain, apparently. And they're, they're doing Lysistrata up there. <laughs> For for decades, and now uh, you watch this cut of this, and you're like, "Ooh, this is bad." Speed this up. That's the thing is they don't. Th- I think the issue that I have on that who's on first thing is they don't overlap the dialogue. Right. I think that's probably a specific thing, but like the reason it's funny is because the air is so tight in between those lines, and we see we see Costello having a slow burn. But like, as soon as Bud says like his line, the the man's name, the man who's on first, the, like they're like right on top of each other. Yeah. But in this, it's like 
do you have a baseball team? Absolutely. And you got players on the baseball team. Yes. And those players have a name. Yes, they do. What is the player's name? One of them. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, yes. Yep. Thank I, you. I understand. The audience understands what's going on. We it understand what the bit is. Quicker like, and quicker. Speed it up. It's it's third base. Funnier. Faster is funnier. I think is. Oh, what the? F- I, I want to say it was like. Well, that's that's what Abbott's sexual partner would say to him. <laughs> and that, that's what would get him going. No, there's some, there's, I forget, somebody was saying, some actor was talking about it, some director, some very influential director uh, was very minimal, and the only note that they ever gave was like, faster, faster is funnier. I forget who, what the fuck, who was it? Well, George Lucas always says faster and more intense. Maybe, and maybe, that's, maybe that's who he ever it is. Gives. But, and yeah. then there, there's an episode of Barry where he and his love interests are doing a screwball comedy, and she says... He's like, I don't get it. And she says, it's okay. Just say it really fast. And he's like, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> oh, which is true. I suppose. Faster is always funnier. Because if you draw it out, unless it's a slow, I don't know. It's unless different. it's a podcast, it's, it's, and then it can be an hour and 19 minutes. Honestly, well, <laughs> way over that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's tough because, you know, as somebody who is interested in comedy, such as you and I, when you start breaking down why something is funny... Oh, it stops. It being stops funny. being funny. So in this circumstance, here's this routine that, on the surface, as you watched as a kid, is, is hysterical. Right. That he doesn't know why, and you just watch him slow burn and his reaction, and he's just getting so amped up about it. But then when you actually break it down and you see the two, you see the chemistry and the performance and how these things go together, it just completely strips it all away. Well, it always seems like a high school talent show or a middle school talent show yes. where we're like, yeah, we're going to do, I'm somebody... going to do a fire marshal bill. And you're like, well, you're not, you could do all the same words and you could perform it in a similar way, but you are not Jim Carrey. Right. There's a reason Abbott and Costello took apparently this bit that had been around for a hundred years and then performed it in such a way that their name is the one that became associated with it. Right. They didn't write any of their own shit. I mean, like Buck, Pro- like the movies, yes, but the well, no, not even the movies, right? Well, I'm not saying that they wrote. I'm I'm saying that was original material, sure. But, and, but it was also in terms of the the material that was like on the show, because they also had the other thing that they they neglect to mention is in the 50s they they moved from as soon as they were let go from Universal, they moved to television, right, and performed there for three seasons, and then after that, then they kind of went their separate ways. I saw the first 15 minutes of one of their episodes and I was like, anytime you guys want to tell a joke, I'm I'm ready. All it is all the here. all the show is is just the bits yeah. stitched together in a 30-minute format. Right. And they that ran for like two seasons. Uh and then it ran in syndication. So actually a new audience started to know them from not from the movies, but from their television show. But a lot of people thought it was weird because it's one thing if you're in your twenties and your thirties and you're slapping each other around and doing all this shtick, but like <laughs> When they were in their in the in the fifties, when they're later in their life, they like lived in a boarding yes, house. That's the one they, that like, I saw. Slept in the same yeah. bed. It just seemed real depressing because they never seemed to have a job. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> they're dodging their landlord. And yeah, the, the episode that I saw, the landlord wants to sell the building to a new person who's like, I expect to be paid on the first of the month. And then the whole episode is. We got to figure out a way to screw up this deal for this guy because <laughs> we cannot pay rent on the first of the month. 
but they're older because of it. It's like the yes. later later films of the Three Stooges, yes. where again you see these fresh sixty guys, year old dudes, yeah, these slapping each other, old men just lazily. beating each other. <laughs> so uh, that's I don't know. I it's a problematic movie. I wish there was a better Abbott and Costello a better movie. Abbott and Costello movie. I feel like there's I feel like there's subject matter there that can be used, but I would use this time to recommend Stan and Ollie. Would you recommend? The two screen experience. I would recommend Bud and Lou, and then watching biography on your phone. I mean, I I told you the difference. It's it's interesting to see where like the real stuff is. Yeah, and then to see where the the fake like the the different stuff is. But like, if you want a fuller experience about what these two were like, I think the the forty five minute biography is a lot more in, fulfilling than this yeah. ninety minute thing so you want to recommend this movie i would not recommend you would recommend stan and ollie i would recommend i would recommend stan and ollie and i would also recommend going and watching the uh strawberry malted scene on youtube all right i would also not recommend this movie i would recommend cocaine one man's addiction one man's yeah that's one man's basically the same it's basically the same thing well mark that's gonna do it for this episode, but we have another episode to talk about. We're still talking about biopics and about the fascinating subjects therein, and we've got a real ham dinger for the next one. Oh, you're gonna like this. Hey, you know what? Make them open bids. Make them compete against each I other. I need to speak with you. Sure, sit down. In private. What? Jerry, please. A story broke in the papers this morning. Your father had a criminal record. My father? Are you crazy? A reporter at the Village Voice dug it up. Look, when you were growing up, I mean, no one mentioned anything. Never. Don't ask stupid questions. (laughs) Village Voice. What what did this panty sniffer say about my dad? What did he say he did? What? (laughs) He collected money? He got in a fist fight with somebody? Afraid not. Armed robbery. Never. Impossible. They found an arrest. I don't give a shit what they found. It is not true about my father. From 2003, it's USA's Rudy, the Rudy Giuliani story. Starring James Woods. Looks good. Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, USA would churn out these sort of TV movies for a period of time right around this area. I'm looking forward to this. When you said this area, you gestured towards your like your tummy. My tummy like, area. <laughs> <laughs> They'd aim a lot of stuff at the, my tummy. Like, no. USA made a lot of stuff in this area. area. No, from like 2000 to 2005, there were a lot of TV movies that they were churning out. Yeah. But now we're going to experience Rudy. Rudy before he became... The well before we knew what a big mess he was, <laughs> there was this movie. I think we always knew what a big mess he was. He's a big man with a big mess. Yeah, the biggest. Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of TV Movie Night. If you'd like to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to SoundCloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TV Movie Night. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review there tell your friends and you can listen to us on stitcher 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 which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone all that information and more at soundcloud.com forward slash tv movie night podcast mark is there anything else andrew 
of all the TV movies, mm-hmm. this was one of them. Thank you.